Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Introducing The Corner Booth, a football podcast covering the latest trends and news in college football and the NFL. Here are your hosts, Jared and Mark. Welcome in, folks, to The Corner Booth podcast. I am the victorious once again and still the best picker in this podcast, Jared Clem, alongside Mr. One and Six. Mark Riley. I honestly wish I wouldn't even have won last week. Get my hopes up for one week. And then I had some picks this week that felt good. They were going well. And then it just came back to reality when I was doing the, when I was looking this weekend or even today, just looking to see who won and saw you beat me by a couple games. You know, it's just getting ridiculous. The football season is coming to an end. And I'm, I've never been happier because I'm tired of losing Tired. Dude, when we do our NCAA brackets, I may actually beat you by a couple games. Like I, <laughs> you just might as well just give up on picking. Because, oh, I dropped a beer bottle. Um, well, see, you're more chalk guy. So if it's a chalk year, then you're all right. No, you call it chalk. I just call it thinking logically. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, I, you know, just because our our company slogan is "Be bold, Senate doesn't mean be bold, pick like a jackass. Okay, like. <laughs> Well, you know, there's two ways of looking at it, and I just decide the jackass. Way. You can't. <laughs> but so yeah, crazy week in uh, football. Obviously, there's some bowl games, the games that really nobody cares about, games that nobody knows the names of it. So we're gonna kind of uh, not really worry about the bowl games now. So we'll crack right into the six pack. Uh, first game we'll dive into is the Thursday night game, and was that that another one? Any game the Chiefs are in live exactly up to the hype. Yeah, you know what's so crazy about this game is I loved every second of it. I watched, so I had to miss the first half of it. I think I was doing some belly up stuff, or no, actually no, I was stuck at the gym late and then got stuck in traffic, just you know, usual me stuff. So I get home and I'm I'm watching the end of the game and I'm loving this because I thought we were gonna do the column, and you we waited till Saturday Friday night to do it. So I'm like, you know what? watch the game and I'm sitting there back watching with my boys Kevin and Peter shout out over Xbox and I um I'm sitting there and I'm watching this and I'm like no way the Chargers are going to come back because Mark as we said a billion times and I've beaten this to death they're my Super Bowl pick I've been saying this for weeks and everyone says oh well, the Chargers are going to blow it I'm like yeah but that's a Chargers team that has holes this Chargers team's hole was their injuries and they're getting all their guys back and they want they beat the best offense in football, or one, or maybe the second best. I'm not sure what the rankings are. I mean, the the Rams played like garbage yesterday, so I don't know. They might have stayed in front, 
But Melvin Gordon's the best player, besides maybe Joey Bosa, and he was even playing last week, and they still got the win. When yeah, Gordon kinda, comes back, that team's even more nasty. They kind of feel like the birds of last year, meaning like they're winning these games, like the big games that they actually are pulling off the end. When you say they came back, they came back twice in 14, which is crazy. And then Phil Rivers never – I feel like he's just – like those, that does not happen for him. I feel like he usually gets close and they end up losing these close games. I mean, the two-point conversion call at the end, great call. The uh, coach, Anthony Lynn, didn't even think twice about it. And then the uh, Chiefs' blown coverage was just terrible and Mike Williams was wide open. But great game. I was happy with it. I mean, Thursday night football usually isn't that good, so you can't beat it. I, you know what's so funny? I want to say that, but, like, I, you know, there hasn't been that many bad Thursday night Well, this year is different. Because the color, the, the last year's color rush was a little tough. I, you know, I do miss color rush, but I wish they just did color rush on like Sundays and sh- like they did like throwback nights and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I want to see the Eagles Kelly Green so bad. I want to see our boy Carson and our boy Josh Adams and Malcolm Jenkins run out of the tunnel wearing the Kelly Green with the Kelly Green helmets. It'd be dope. But of course, Roger Goodell passed that super rule. You can always adjust the helmet, custom fit the helmets the day during the practice. It's not ridiculous. The Rams do it every week. So I think the Eagles need to just get. Well, actually, no, they canceled that rule out. So now the Eagles can do the Kelly Greens. I just, they just haven't done it this year. I think th- they should do it next year, though. I but, love um, Kelly Greens. I, w- I oh, need to get myself a jersey. Oh, but now that we're, we're talking about the birds, let's let's get into that. Fly, Eagles, fly. A little, a little upset last night. Victory. Fight, fight, fight. Yeah, I know. I was loving this from the second it happened. You know what's so funny? You ever watch a game and it just feels something feels different to you? Like the Rams don't didn't it didn't feel like I was watching the same Rams last year that were going shot for shot with us when Carson was playing at MVP level, and I have an interesting take about this. Now they were talking about this on on the on on the herd today. Shout out to Colin Cowherd, my childhood idol growing up. He literally for sports casting. Don't get it twisted. I the rest of it. I, I you know, but. He actually had an interesting point. He Even though he does his usual front-runner take, he goes, oh, I hopped off the glitz and glamour of the Rams. Well, the Rams have no depth. They talked about this at Ignazium last night. And and Collinsworth brought it up. And, I got you know, as much as I hate Collinsworth and how much he was rooting for a Rams comeback, and, God, it was driving me crazy towards the end, the Rams have no depth after their starters. You saw this when Gurley got injured partially through the game. And shout-out to my boy, TG400. This dude still got me enough fantasy points to possibly beat our producer, Brian Lynch, in our family league. I needed him to do, like, 21 points. Dude dropped the 30-burger for me. And I'm like, Which is crazy. Yeah. I'm, like, not even that good of a game. To Yo, like, Mel- Melvin Gordon was a late-game scratch for me. My backs oh, are Melvin right. Gordon, Lindsey, and Gurley this week. Lindsey didn't do jack. And, and Gordon didn't even play. So I was stuck on Gurley. And if it wasn't for Hop, I would have been – my boy DeAndre Hopkins, I would have been screwed. But yes. – so – and by the way, I just figured out who my, other, my two players of the week are. So we're going to keep going. Um, with an honorable mention because this, this deserves being said. Um, but, yeah, anyway, the Eagles played great. They did the same thing the Bears did. And essentially they kept – they made the, – they made the, the way to beat the, char- the, uh, the Rams is you make them do checkdowns. You yep. literally get a rush. <clears throat> if you got a decent enough pass rush where you don't have to send multiple guys, you send three or four guys max, maybe five, 
you could drop six, seven guys in the coverage, and Jared Goff is essentially trying to find a, a needle in a haystack with these throws. And yeah, they were hitting some of these short, occasionally the short ones, like they'll throw to D- that beat Douglas. Then that uh, that girl he ended up running in. By the way, that like saved my fantasy season right there. <laughs> that 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 the, when they called back the touchdown, girl he ran in. I'm like that just saved my life right there. But that was because Roswell Douglas was one on one with a much with a very good receiver. And I, I can't remember this guy's name. I think it's Josh Howard. Is this the guy? The the, the fourth Reynolds. Receiver? Josh Reynolds. Yeah. By the way. Very underrated receiver. I watched this guy run routes, and I'm like, he, he's okay because you know what, Douglas. I think his PF, his fantasy, his uh, pro football focus grade was like in the 80s again, which yeah. is really impressive. He's like a solid corner for us. He's been stepping it up. I, I I just think Sidney Jones just needed to get out for this year. He just his his hamstring is cooked. Yeah. But I have an actual point about this. I, the Eagles secondary looked really good last night. I love our misfit, our band of misfits with. A combo of Trey Sullivan, Corey Graham, and Jenkins deep. And then our real band of misfits with Avante Max, who, by the way, I think his PF, his pro football focus score last night was like a 91 or something. It was insane. It was like, it was probably one of the best cornerbacks. I'll have to get clarification on this. So bear with me. I'll try to put it on the Twitter. But he had like insane numbers. And LeBlanc, solid player. As long as we keep that guy, Bowsby or Doosby or whatever the hell his name is out of there, we're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Rizul Douglas. He didn't have that bad of a day. I know. It's like so they all played well. Rizul Douglas lit up whoever their tight end was. Oh my gosh! That yeah, was the he best hit him. of the game. And you know what? I love when corners play physical. That's why I love Jalen Ramsey, even though he's a Florida State guy. Dude is a monster, and so that's why I love Darby. It's why I loved Mills. That's why I like Patrick Peterson. These guys are physical. They don't. They hit you. I don't like yeah. these corners. That's why I love Desante Samuel so much. He hits you. So yeah. Eagles played great. The defense was the hero. And listen, I, I love Nick Foles. I do. But let's not get it twisted. The real hero was Alshon Jeffrey. Because Foles finally decided, oh, my God, I have one of the best deep ball threats of the last 20 years on one side. I can throw him the football. I don't have to stare down 86 the entire game. And I love Zach Ertz. He's the best tight end in football. Yeah, I said it. But – you know what happened last night? The Rams double covered in most of the game. Alshon Jeffries wide open run to the field, and he had 150 yards receiving. And Foles just said, screw it. If we're going to go down, we're going to go on chucking bombs. And one of those jump balls, he literally posterized Aguilar and and uh, and uh, whoever the safety was. I think it's Joyner. Which, you know what? He was a baller. I, I loved it. It was just a great game. We ran the football effectively. Our defense played catch plays, and the Rams turned the ball over when we needed them to do most. So, I, you know what? It was an ugly win, but it was a fun win, and that's how the Eagles got to win games right now. They're not going to beat the living daylights out of you, maybe Washington, but that that's how the Eagles have to make the playoffs, and they're, yeah. they're alive now. I think, yeah, I mean, uh, golf didn't look good again. He hasn't thrown a touchdown now in two games. Uh, that one play where he got tripped, fumbled, tried to pick it up and throw it was so bad when Graham picked it up and or picked it off. But uh yeah, Eagles looked better. The defense actually came out to play. They knew they had to help uh, Nikki Foles out, but they still got a tough two games left. But uh yeah, it was good for the Eagles. Uh, let's get into the next one. We're gonna go Baker and the Browns against Case Keenum and the Browns. If it wasn't for listen, I loved this game. The only thing that would have made it better if Phil Lindsay actually did something. But I love the, I love Lindsey. You know, like he's he's. I think he's one of the best, most under. I think like he's a top ten running back right now. He's just such a. 
he's the best like pure speed back in the NFL right now. I would put him up there with Coleman and uh and Cohen because this dude is a rocket and he can get the ball between the tackles and just take it to the house. And so it's not like Coleman or Cohen where you gotta pitch him the ball outside, you gotta gimmick them to get the ball. Lindsay, you can hand him the ball right off a pop and he rips it and it's gone and he's gone. I saw it's it's like watching like old college highlights of like you know Reggie Bush and just watching our APs watching him accelerate by slower guys. I love it. So you know, but the problem is the Browns are a better team. Baker Mayfield is bawling out of his damn mind, and I love it. You know what the worst part is? My two favorite rookie quarterbacks are battling for the same wild card spot. And it sucks. Yeah. Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield. I said it. To my boys, before when the draft was, I said, "Listen, those two are going to be the two most dangerous quarterbacks." Yeah, they're gonna... playing. They're they're doing they're doing things like you know, Baker's just playing like he should be. He's playing the number one pick. I mean, he threw he threw one interception, it's whatever. But and then Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's not he's throwing the ball, nothing crazy. But he's like I said, he's, he's managing he's... he's managing the game and allowing to use his legs, but he's not being like RG three where he's at being reckless. Yeah, I'm curious to see how he does against the. He hasn't played. They haven't played a, any top defense yet. But the person I loved in the Browns, and he's been consistent all year so far. That he, now that Carlos Hyde's got traded, is Nick, Nick Chubb. Chubb. Man. I think he's the real George deal. George, a shout out. And you know what's so crazy? Like when they drafted Chubb, I was like, they have Carlos Hyde though, and Duke Johnson. How are they going to make this work? I just think Carlos Hyde is a good backup back, but. I just yeah. like he fits in maybe a place like Houston where like they have a set running back where it's Lamar Miller's show, but they'll give the ball to Hyde as a change of pace guy. He's not the traffic they should they should have had him at out of uh the fact that this guy even had a starting spot over Zeke Elliott cracks me up. But uh I, I don't know, I just you know what? I love the Browns. They just feel so inspired, and they keep talking about this on Good Morning Football, and I, and which by the way, shout out, that's my favorite show, football show ever. And like they were talking about, it's like you know, like Nate Burleson was talking about because he used to be on the Browns. And he was like, oh yeah, like guy back when I was there, like guys did not want to play there, but now like dudes are having fun. Baker's like dancing and like they're having all things. They are what. You know what I loved about this is like you have the guys like Cowherd and the tra- all the traditional guys are like, oh, Baker Mayfield isn't worth a top spot. He's exactly what the Browns needed. He's shock. He's va- he's shock value. He broke the mold. Because if you got a Darnold in there, I'm telling or a Rosen, I'm telling you right yeah, now, all those turnovers, all turnovers, and you're not getting the swagger that is so attractive to players. Baker is not just a good quarterback who just doesn't have fear. He also has a swagger about him that makes you want to play for him. Like if I was a like if I was a receiver playing with Baker, I'd be so hyped. You know why? Because he's not like gonna rip a ball twenty to twenty to me. He's also gonna do a little dance if I score a touchdown. Like you don't see Sam Darnold doing that or Josh Rosen. And I love that this is what he brings to the table. He's exactly what Cleveland needed, and this makes him a good team. If they don't make the playoffs this year, they're making it next year. It's going to be between Cleveland, and it's going to be a three-dog race for that division next year because I think Pittsburgh is going to start losing its players, and you're gonna they're going to get dumbed down to 
Baltimore and Cleveland have, and it's going to be great. Yep, yep. And uh, you mentioned uh, Zeke earlier when you're talking about the Carlos Hyde and how he started in Ohio State. Uh, that honestly moves us on to our next game, and the Colts and the Cowboys. Wow. Now, the one game that Zeke did not come through is this game, and Dak Prescott was exposed because of it. Yeah, you know what? I I, wa- I watched a little bit of this game, and I saw the score when I was like kind of in and out checking on stuff because I I had to, unfortunately I had to watch a lot of the Tennessee Giants game, which was just my boy Derrick Henry going off. That dude just mm-hmm. ever since yeah. you started talking about him, he's been killing it. Dude, I he's my boy. Like I literally was so mad Philly didn't make a run at him when his stock was low because like imagine him and that imagine him behind our offensive line. He'd probably run for two hundred yards every game, but like. The thing is with Zeke, the the Cowboys. This the Colts showed you how to beat the Cowboys. You make Dak make dumb throws. You take Zeke out of the game, and you're forcing Dak to make bad decisions. And you get up early, and you make him beat you. And I've been saying this since he got freaking drafted. He's not a great quarterback. He's an okay quarterback. And you know what? The best part about all this is. The Colts did the one thing the teams haven't done this year that have lost to the Cowboys. You know what that is? They ran the ball right at Thad Castle, I mean, Leighton Van Der Esch, and they just went right <laughs> into it. And you tell me that dude is not Thad Castle reincarnated. He does kind of look like, I mean, he looks like a madman, but. He looks like a man. He's a middle linebacker, too. But he, he literally he played at Boise State, too. So duh. Yeah, yeah. I literally referred to Boise State in our column as Blue Mountain State, by the way. Yes. So, it's just ran, epic rant by me. Um, yeah, he. They ran Marlon Mack, who's a good running back, right at him. And you know what happened? They took the lead. They took the sa- the punch right out of the Cowboys. They took the swagger, all that stupid loser, weed and boys BS. They took it away. Yep. And, and it's just crazy because the Cowboys have been stopping, I feel like, teams this year from the rush. Like, their defense line has been crazy. I mean, no, they, the, no, the Rams gonna, get more of the hype up with the defense line, but. I'm going to correct you. They make a couple stops, and teams abandon the run. The Colts stuck with the run, and that's why they won. They made yeah. the throws when they had to make the throws. I guarantee. And you know what the best part? I was t- I was telling to a Giants fan today at the gym. I said, "Listen, talk about our Eagles quick. Both the Eagles, the Cowboys game down to the last possessions. If the Eagles won both those games. We have a completely different argument going on right now. Yep. If Rosal Douglas hang on to that pick and Carson Wentz doesn't get strip sacked from behind in those two games, we're talking about the Eagles being." In the leading the division, the Cowboys being a mess. So, yeah, I mean, and then the other thing about this game, Colts defense is it's gotten better every week. But I didn't think they were going to shut them down like they did. I mean, like you said, they they abandoned the run because it wasn't working. But Dak ended up throwing thirty nine passes, which I feel like is a little high for him That's than not- one pick. And- um, like that's and you know what the thing is you know you look at Colin Coward said this a couple weeks ago and I reiterated he is a better Tim Tebow he's not a good quarterback and I want every Cowboys fan on this earth to hear me and tweet at me and get pissed at me I'm telling you right now you guys have a Tim uh, you have Tim Tebow with a slightly better accuracy that's it he's nothing special he has a gr- he has a good running back he has a great receiver and a good offensive line that's it. He's lost some games. He's won some games where teams have shot themselves in their foot to a very good Cowboys defense, which got exposed when the, you, if you continue to run the football, they get worn out. There's not a lot of depth in that defense, and, t- and the Colts prove that. Boom. Cowboys are beatable. 
Next question, Your Honor. Next question and the next beer in the six-pack is at Soldier Field, the new kings of the north. The Bears beat the Packers 24-17, and Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are done. And I love it. I'm si- The Packers just bore me. It's like watching grass grow. It's like, oh God, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, the whole organization, that that whole like the whole city of Green Bay, the whole thing is bores me. So you know what? Like watching them get eliminated was beautiful. I, Which is crazy fun. too. The Bears the crazy are part. fun. The Bears are fun. I love Khalil Mack. I love that pass rush. I love that the offensive line proposed to his girlfriend before the game. By the way, A plus, sir. And also, I love that Trubisky. He's not like everyone's like saying like, oh, they're the Eagles of last year. No. Once won the Eagles all those games, Trubisky's a game manager. He's a good quarterback, but he's he's about one notch above. He's in the Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, like game managing, making big plays when you need him, like category. He's a step above Dak. I was going to say, I feel like he's right around Dak, though. They, like, they have such good weapons right now around him, and their defense is playing out of their mind. But, like, I don't think he's – I think he needs to show me more to be – not just like a Dak. I mean, they could be Kevin the year. They could be having the same year that the Cowboys had when they went like they won the NFC East outright that one year, for Dak's first year. But I mean, Khalil Mack. I mean, the butt sack that he just made. In this last <laughs> he year literally crazy. took that Rodgers by falling on him. I love it. That's almost as good as when Fletcher Cox uh, sacked Goff and then just crawled and then pointed at the camera. By the way, Fletcher Cox is maybe the most hilarious human being on the planet. <laughs> He is, he is, he is something else. He's a big ball of fun. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and then, but even with the butt sack and everything, I mean, Rodgers didn't look good. He was missing deep balls. He was he missing. Defeated. Short... He doesn't want to be there anymore. He would rather, you know what? Honestly, if the, if the Packers gave him a choice to get traded and like there was somebody they could eat some of the contract just to get rid of him to draft somebody new, you, you bet your ass he's gone. He doesn't want to be there anymore. You know why? I think he's he doesn't. This year. He doesn't get. Also, he didn't get receivers. He didn't get free agents. Charles Woodson said it best. It sucks being there as a free agent, and he's right. That place is a hellhole. It's a great culture, but there's nothing to do up there. You got to go to Milwaukee just to get a culture, and it's just it's the last like old school grind and brimstone organization. It's owned by the city. Come on. It's just lame. All right, you know what, Jeff? City that's Lurie. obsessed with cheese. Don't give me Jeff Lurie, shout out, best owner in football. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Jerry Jones. <laughs> looking right at you. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So that was uh, <laughs> the Bears finally get over the hump and beat the Packers. I mean, we'll see how next year goes, but the Packers might be right back there. But anyways, the last. I'm calling you right now. If if everything goes according to the plan, we're still doing this next year. Hopefully, praying to God. Packers will not make the playoffs next year. You heard it here first. Right, They're done. They're dead. They're dead in the water. They are going to be mediocre for a couple of years. The reign of the Packers having a good quarterback dies. All right. And to the final uh, <laughs> beer in the six-pack, we have the, as my friend Chris Lake said, as he was at the Steelers game, the drought is over. The Steelers ended up finally beating the Patriots. I feel like I've, I feel like I can. I've never seen it with my own eyes. I haven't either. And this is what's crazy to me. It was such a Steelers win, too. Yes. Antonio Brown scores a touchdown. Some tight end we've never heard of catches over miracle pass and scores. And then you know what the best part of all this was? My boy 
Joe Hayden. You know why I love Joe Hayden? Dude was a good soldier in Cleveland for years. He finally got to a playoff team. And I think I think I heard when he made the playoffs, dude like bald in the tears because he never thought he'd ever make it there. Dude makes like the ultimate Randy Moss like Moss pick off of Brady, and it was beautiful. But you know what's so funny to me? All this talk of how Philadelphia has fallen off the map this year. You know who's low key kind of just kind of been dying slowly is New England, Mark. And hear this theory to me. Isn't like aren't like NF like teams that lose the Super Bowl the year before? Isn't there some stat like it's like ridiculous like they never either make the playoffs or never repeat to go back to the Super Bowl? How much do you want to bet your ass that New England gets knocked out in the first or second rounds if they even like you know like I'm not saying they're gonna lose out they still haven't clinched the division yet and it's week 16 when the fuck has that ever happened? Seriously. Well, it's not going to get ahead of ourselves. They are I, I, I'm just saying. I'm they just might saying, only make the wild card. Even if this, even like, when has this happened? The Matt Castle year, that was it. And this is, it's amazing to me. Because, you know, everyone's talking about Philadelphia. The champs are falling off. But where's New England's dominance? The only reason they beat, the only reason they beat Kansas City is because they had no safety. Oh, look, Eric Berry's back. Yeah, uh, I mean. And the... like. You look, I guess the Miami game was literally the biggest, craziest, most amazing play ever. But Pittsburgh just beat them. Pittsburgh, the team that they've owned for like a decade. And the only play that Pittsburgh, I mean, the Patriots even have is that wide open blown coverage that uh, Hogan had downfield. I mean, Tom Brady, is. they had put pressure on him. He looked scared. That last drive. Edelman obviously got them in the red zone, but the three plays they called were all bad. He threw the ball out of bounds over the head of either Gronk or um, Edelman. It just all looked bad. This was, and then the even like you said, the pick that he threw to Hayden was so unbrady like. He's was, making these bad plays. It was two like games Vin, in a row it was now. Vince. It was Vince Young like. Like seriously, like he literally is falling off his back foot trying to like literally trying to like hit this throw. And they were talking about this before. And Damian Woody, who was the biggest like Patriots apologizer on ESPN and I love how Baker Mayfield took this dude to school but he literally said like like this was a, like he was trying to throw it about no he wasn't he was trying to make a play well, because well, he, Tom Brady said he was but yeah Tom Brady was trying to make a play don't don't like get it twisted Tom Brady if he wants to throw it out of bounds he's going to the other sideline with it he's not the sideline is close he's not trying to throw across the field to where two receivers were and by the way, he's trying to figure out – Brady said he didn't know why Josh Gordon was on the field. I'm trying to wonder that too. And also another thing is um, that so-called best tight end in football, yeah, I'll call all you Patriots fans out there, where was his dominant performance? Yeah, I got to take my – I got to go back on my word and all the arguing I was doing on Twitter with the top tight ends in the league because Gronk is just not the same – Gronk that he used to be. He, he can't get open. I mean, he can still catch the ball in traffic, but the speed he gun. can't the get speed open. Gun. The speed's not there. He looks like he's an old man running downfield. I think this is his last year, but that's just me. I think, you know what the problem is? You know, it's, it's such a shame because he's such a talented guy, and he's such a likable dude, but here's the problem. Don't get it twisted. I love Gronk. I do. I loved him. I like the Gronk spike. I love his cameo and family guy. I love the Dunkin' commercial. I love all of it. Here's the thing. His body is... Is like the dude from SpongeBob. He's got paper skin and glass bones. It's it's ridiculous. Like he's always got back problems. He's got knee problems, elbow problems. 
has he played more than one or two complete seasons his entire career? I'm not sure exactly, but I'm curious if it has anything to do with his party lifestyle. I mean, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Not, uh, like, Listen, like I, I take it from a kid who parties ass off in college. The second I started calming my partying down and worked on like, like taking good care of my body, I don't get injured that much anymore at all. I have a lingering yeah. injury from the summer, but like I work out six days a week, and I know it's not the same as playing the NFL, but like there's a correlation. Out like Joey Galloway played 19 years in the NFL. You know how he played that long? He barely drank or smoked. Like Gronk is a partier. There's a connection yeah. here. This is why definitely I definitely like, connection. I, I just you know it's ridiculous. I, I I'm trying to like, it's it's insane to me. I, I crack up at this, but yeah, no. All right, so next uh, up. Bro. That's it for six pack. That is all the beers six pack. We drank them pretty quick this time, but uh, yeah. So uh, what we do when we follow up the six pack is we talk about the players of the week that made the game, right. so, game so great. Oh God! All right. So you know what? Uh, do you want to go first? Yeah. So we're gonna do two. At least I'm gonna do two. So the players of the week. And first, I'll go with uh, our boy Alshon Jeffrey. He said he hasn't been having the greatest year everyone criticizes Wentz for only giving the ball to Ertz but Foles got back in there and was slinging it around and he had eight receptions 106 yards and then Marlon Mack man he's came back he's healthy 139 yards two TDs against the uh, Dallas defense that's been stopping the run pretty well this year I think those two guys are definitely uh they really they had a great weeks and that's why they're my uh, player of the weeks players of the week they're good I loved AJ but I gotta go with another receiver Dude, save my ass in fantasy. DeAndre Hopkins, my boy. Nuke. This dude went ape against the Gi- the Jets. Two touchdowns, over 100 yards receiving. Guy killed it, made a, cir- a circus catch on the second touchdown. I love it. When Hopkins is rolling, that team's unstoppable, which really scares me because I need him to go off in the championship next week if I can beat Brian and they're playing my Eagles. Um, Yikes. This is, what, this is what happens, though. Like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hoping, like, last I, – I prayed – this week, that Gurley would go off, but the Eagles would win. What happened? He, but he did in a different way. The two TDs were pretty much. The he could have. He, he could have. He could have Mike Tolberted. He could have just fallen in the end zone for two touchdowns. It would happen. He also went off, but also won the game for the Eagles by staying in bounds in that last play. Oh yeah, he literally cost the Rams the game. Because they had one Which is so funny because he's made two plays this year where he's fell, fell down to end the game, and this time he's made the wrong decision and stayed at bounce with whatever. I know. It's it's crazy to me. You know, it's but you know what, like and then that leads to my oh well, actually it doesn't lead to my second game. My my second guy actually oh, I had it and I just completely forgot about it for a second. No, it was a wide receiver. It was um crap, what's his name? Jesus, the what's team, wrong with my brain right now? Oh, Mike Williams. Oh yeah. Balled out on Thursday. Three touchdowns, one rushing, two receiving, and the game-winning two-point conversion. He made Orlando Skandrick look foolish, um, which isn't that hard as Eagles fans. We know how bad Orlando Skandrick is. But he just – he was balling out. And, you know, he's playing like the number seven overall pick he, he was, he was like, drafted as. And I love seeing this. Dude's a great player, and he honestly – he saved a lot of fans from, like – leaving college football after he caught he dominated with uh, Deshaun Watson in that title game beating Alabama throwback and we have one honorable mention I mentioned him before he's back off injury this week 
He's part of that ragtag heist crew. I love the new name for the Philadelphia Eagles defensive back, the heist crew. I love this with the, the black ski masks. Mark, I'm going to go buy one this week to wear it to the game. <laughs> but you know what the best part is? This dude, Avante Maddox. He was a third-round pick. Apparently, like, the knock on him was his height. Dude had was unstoppable last night. And he's part of that, like, ragtag group of dudes they finally, I think Philly finally might have found a combination that works for them. We'll see how they do against another big play offense in Houston. But, like, this whole, like, LeBlanc, uh, Maddox, and Douglas kind of combination, it kind of works. Like, it's it's kind of a scrappy ragtag group of heroes. I love yeah, it. Yeah, they're finally building some chemistry. So, I mean, you can't just, like, you got to know where your guys are going to be on the field. And I know. And you know, playing together. it also so. helps. They have, like, the best safety in the NFL or if not the second best safety in the NFL, Malcolm Jenkins. He's just the be- He's the leader of that team. I love, Car- like, Carson Wentz is my boy, but if I was going to say who's the leader of the Philadelphia Eagles, it is Malcolm Jenkins. So like for sure. by a mile, but you know what the best, that's, that's what's great about like that dude. He literally is the best. He's the best player in that him and Fletcher Cox are the best players in the field. And they step on across who, who's the other side of that ball. Cause they dominate. So yeah, Fletcher Cox had a great game by the way too, but we never give love to defensive linemen. Never. Even though he put that left guard on his Yo, ass. John Sullivan. I saw him pick up the dude. I'm like, Oh God, I've been in that position before where like I had a, a I was playing JV. We were playing scrimmage in the varsity. I had a big defensive tackle literally pick me up with one arm. <laughs> I think so, I'm going to put them down. Exactly. But, yo, that, that was insane. So the Eagles defense, honestly, should get the honorable mention. They played. They, they stopped a good offense. All right. Yeah. We go to the rundown. The rundown. Week 15 rundown. Uh, struggled a little bit to find some stuff here, even though I feel like it was pretty – Pretty good week in the news. I mean, things that come up here and there. Never but the first, that on the air. <laughs> I mean, all right. <laughs> but uh, Hackstall, the Flyers head coach, was fired. I feel like every week now we talk about um, we talk about people getting fired. It's pretty terrible. But he needed to go. Flyers been playing terrible. I mean, they're looking at Joel Quinnville, the old Blackhawks coach. But uh, thoughts on that firing? Um, I'm a Penguins fan, so I don't know what it means to fire head coach because we keep winning. Um, but you know what? The Flyers were such a good team, like so, like so recent history. Like to me, it cracks me up, like how a team could just fall off the map like this. Um, I don't know, you know. Hopefully they find. I mean, I don't think hopefully, but you know, hopefully for you Flyers fans, like they they uh they kind of find a new this guy kind of sparks some magic because hockey is like one of those t- sports that's rare. Where it doesn't really matter the players you have. If you guys get you have a hot goaltender and you have one, a couple guys who can score, you can make a run in the playoffs. So, and, and in hockey, it's like it's it, the whole point system is really a lot easier to make the playoffs than it is in like the NFL. Well, yeah, it's easy to say that for you when you've had you had a freaking goalie for your entire life, and we still do. Like, we well, still yeah, do. You, I understand that. I'm saying, but Flyers haven't had a good goalie in who knows when, but. Um, so, so, yeah. As long as I've been a Penguin, I've been a Penguins fan since 04. And when my uncle like gave me a, a Mario Lemieux card and Kevin Stevens and Yager and all those dudes. And you know what the best part was? That's when we had Marc-Andre Fleury. Or he came in like around there, maybe 2006. And then he got replaced by Matt Murray. So it's like the Packers like having Favre and then replacing it with M- Matt Murray. I mean, uh, with Rodgers. I'm not saying the talent level because those are two amazing quarterbacks, but you're, you know what I'm saying? Flory's one of the all-time best goalies. Streaky as hell, but still he's dominant goalie. And then you have um, 
you have Matt Murray, who's a solid goalie. So, you know what? Honestly, for hockey, I'm very happy because, you know, I'm blessed as a Penguins fan. Yeah, so uh, we'll keep talking about coaches, but this is a little bit more of a positive one. Uh, Notre Dame football coach Brian Kelly got AP Coach of the Year. Uh, not a lot of people are fans of him, and I get it because he's kind of like comes off this a-hole uh, hardhead guy, but he has taken this Notre Dame team and took him to undefeated season. So, I mean, some might actually think he deserves it. Well, he's kind of had to do with a two-man rotation at quarterback, and yes, they have had a very easy schedule this year, but Notre Dame is in the college football playoff. So by that factor, he should get in because my only other consideration for that would have been uh, Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. Supposedly, Nick Saban was a close second. Which is bu- which is I, I, sorry, it's bullshit because it is because they he have the best team. He plays with an NFL roster and a future like first overall pick. It, to, uh, it doesn't take rocket science. Like Mark, you and me could probably t- coach that team to an SEC title. Um, so yeah. Uh... And then yeah. uh, next topic, we'll go with um, James Dolan, the owner of the Knicks. Is thinking about selling. Supposedly, he's got some feelers out there that are willing to play pay five, five billion, billion what? even more. Well, I mean, it's a New York sports team, so that by itself grants at least two million dollars, two billion dollars. The Clippers went for like what two point one to Steve Ballmer a couple years ago. So you know, you got to think of inflation, and everything else. And, you know, like teams are getting so expensive. But yo, imagine what this would do to the Knicks because. He's the one of the worst owners in professional sports. And yeah, people don't want to go there simply because of him. It's crazy. It's almost like the Redskins, I feel like, with uh, Dan Snyder. Snyder. Like, Snyder, people well, yeah. don't want to go there because Snyder's of certain also, owners. Snyder, literally, I, I want to check if, if you looked in his ear, if you could see at the other side. Because there's got to be no in there. I mean, yeah. But, yeah, James Dolan, I would be – I would because, I mean, I've never – in my lifetime, I've never seen the Knicks be even any good, even when I, Carmelo I, was there. They, they they were like okay, but they never were like good good. Yeah. I mean, the last time they were actually good was the year like they played Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady in the playoffs for the Raptors. Yeah, that's how long ago that was. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, that I honestly I love the move. I think this is a good idea for the for Dolan to get rid of this. Maybe he'll make a five he'll make five billion, and then his the team he loves actually might actually win a game. So yeah, and then we're gonna switch it up. If only a certain team from Dallas could figure that out. <laughs> no, Jerry Jones will die. Jerry Jones should retire in the Eagles Hall of Fame because he single-handedly kept our franchise relevant for the last 20 years. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, but switching off from Jerry Jones and how great of an Eagles uh, supporter he's been. Uh, MLB, Michael Brantley, the uh, center fielder, left fielder for – I believe he was just on the Indians. I was, I, yeah, he was on the Indians. He just got picked up by the Astros. I love it because he kind of – he's a different kind of fit because the Astros are known for being like a power team, but he's a speedy guy. He, he hits for average. I love the move. He's a good he's a good glove in the outfield. And the Astros are like, you know what? The Dodgers are loading up again. The Red Sox are loading up. Like, why don't we get good bats? They've got superstars like Bregman and – Correa and Altuve and George, my boy, George Springer, Connecticut shout out. But um, yeah, like he just, you know, I love the move. I think it's a good way. It kind of fills up some holes in the outfield with Josh Reddick and uh, Springer playing out there. Now they kind of have another bat top of the lineup. It's, it's a good move. It's a, he's yeah, an average, he's an average guy in a power lineup with speed. It works. I think he'd bring some depth to them too. So now they won't be relying on the same guys. Uh, 
But we'll stick with baseball because, you know, it's this time of year with free agents popping up here and there. And um, what's it called? Manny Machado, was um, he met with the White Sox. And I think you mentioned this earlier. Or somebody mentioned that that's an ideal spot for him to go. And if he goes there, Manny Machado does not care about winning baseball. Oh, no, he doesn't. He's going to put – it'll be like Robbie Cano because I – you know what? Machado, I loved him so much in Baltimore. L.A. brought out the worst in him. The stupid ass. Because he finally was put on the spotlight. The stupid ass cornrows, the stepping on the back of the dude's cleat. Like, like Manny, come on, dude. What happened to the guy who told Boston, the whole city of Boston, to go shove it? Who, who, like, who? What happened to the guy who literally was a Boston Red Sox killer, and then goes to L.A., puts on that cur- accursed Dodger blue, and just starts playing like crap? I would love to listen. I'm a Diamondbacks fan. I love my my snakes. We have the we have the room for him. I would love to see him in Sedona Red. I doubt it's going to happen, but like I, honestly, for this, at least we have a shot. The White Sox are the fourth best team in that division, even with Machado. If we get Machado or the Yankees or the Phillies or you know keep going on the list, that automatically puts them. All, we're it, we're the second best team that in our division with just Machado getting added. The Yankees are the best. The Phillies are the best. Like, you really want to go there. Like, I don't understand the whole move. I get his brother-in-law, Yonder Alonzo, plays there. But, like, who's a good bet still? But I just don't get it. I really don't. I think this is all a cash grab. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I, I, I just picture him being on the Yankees. He just seems like a Yankee. God, if that if the, if he goes to the Yankees and Harper goes to the Dodgers, I'm going to hate baseball for at least a couple of years. I, I'm sick of big market. Like, I love the – like, your Phillies are for perfect. You know why? Because they're, they're, like, they're like small big market. They're like yeah. – in baseball-wise, they're like Phoenix. They're like San Francisco. They're like um, – oh, what is it? They're like the – not the Cubs. They're, they're like um, – uh, they're like Seattle. Like it's not a giant payroll, but it's big enough where they can go get stars. There's, yeah. there's, and Houston. There's, that's what makes baseball interesting. And Cleveland. I hate when the Dodgers are loaded. I hate when the Yankees are loaded. You know why? Because my entire childhood, I deal with that crap. Boston is like the Boston. I already, I just hate because it's Boston. But God, but like, jeez, I just. <laughs> I am praying Bryce Harper goes to the Cubs because at least then he won't make the he won't win the World Series for another hundred years. I don't know. I think that Cubs team though, I figure back out. But yeah, I mean, I love Javi. Like I love Javi Baez though. He's my dude. Yeah, he's, he's got he's, the hardest swing <laughs> in the world. Yeah, well, he him and Carlos Gomez, but um, yeah, my but I uh, swings to his knees every time he goes for a home run ball. Every single time. I uh, love, I, dude, I did that once. It was actually pretty fun. I got yelled at, though. <laughs> I can only imagine was, how many I, times I, you got yelled at. <laughs> I, I, oh, my God. I was ho- a base on a baseball field. I was atrocious. You know why? Because I just had fun. I didn't, like, actually give a crap. But I would play hard. I played hard, but, like, I, I puigged it. I puigged and biased it. I literally just had fun and played my tail off. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's the way baseball's supposed to be. But yeah, say when you have fun, it's bad. When you don't have fun, that's how it's supposed to be. That's baseball for you, summed up. But uh, switching off of baseball, we'll end it, end the rundown with uh, some college football news. And another quarterback is transferring, and it's Justin Fields, the number one overall uh, quarterback out of the high school last year. He was Georgia's quarterback backup. He's transferring supposedly. Uh, they don't obviously know where he's going yet, but I don't know why this kid chose Georgia in the first place when he knew well, Jake Fromm was there. This it's not like Fromm, he was going to beat Fromm out. Like I get why Nikosi Perry 
chose um, he chose Miami, and I get why Tua chose Alabama and Lawrence chose Clemson. These guys, these young quarterbacks were taking over. It makes sense because they had interim guys above them who were good but not great. Jalen Hurts, good but not great. Kelly Bryant, great but inconsistent. Malik Rozier, trash. So, like, so like you look at this, and Will Greer, your boy coming in. Who was West Virginia's quarterback last year? Last exactly. Year. Yeah, exactly. Who cares? They weren't relevant last year. They lost to my Hurricanes two years ago. I should tell you all you need to know. Um, so, like, the, the whole idea of going to – yeah, I get you going to Georgia. Kirby's smart. Migos are Georgia fans. Like, it, it's all this cool – it's the culture. Everyone loves it. But it just makes sense for you as a professional. Like, that's why Kelly Bryant goes to Missouri. Drew Luck's going to the NFL. That's his show. He gets to play an AC, SEC schedule. He gets to shred up – SEC competition, hopefully, as well as Kelly Bryant plays that well. But that's going to put Kelly Bryant in as a possible NFL quarterback like Will Greer did after he got kicked out of, like, three colleges. It <laughs> makes sense. It's a smart move. But for this kid, I'm still trying – you know what? He, good for him getting out of there, though. He's, he's not going to play until his senior year. And by then, if he has one bad year, like, let's say it's the down year for Georgia, his career's done. Yeah, like I said, I don't understand why he did it. I mean, I'm kind of curious because – Supposedly, he is a ridiculous talent. I'm curious to see where he'll he'll go. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I don't. Can he go SEC? Ah, uh, I mean, I, I don't. I wasn't know. sure if there's like a something. I no, I think it's the coaches can block that. But like, I don't think Kirby Smart's that petty. I know Saban is, but I don't think Kirby Smart is. It also might be if like if he sits out a year, he can go wherever. But if it's like one of the things where he can transfer right away, but I think that there's all. What's it called behind that? But I would know, honestly, like, if I were him, I'd go Big Ten or I'd go Pac-12 or ACC. I'd go to I'd get out of the conference because honestly, you tear the now as a quarterback, you don't have to play in the SEC to be a good quarterback in the NFL. Oh, honestly, yeah. it's more of a death sentence. Exactly. You're, you honestly are better off playing Big Ten or ACC football because you're playing in good football games every week. But like, like score wise. Or you can be like Baker and like Baker and Mahomes and light up the scoreboard. But like you're actually playing solid competition, but you're not like overdoing it. And the Pac-12 is just trash. So nobody cares about them. All I'm saying is, if he wants to take his uh, talents to Morgantown, West Virginia, I would not be opposed. Or uh, or Coral. Actually, no, I don't want Coral Coral Gables. We have like a top. We have like a five-star recruit sitting behind Perry. I don't. I I don't know how Mark Rick he's pulling quarterbacks, but whatever. Um, it's the name. Hopefully, he actually uses them this this year. I don't know. But all right, so. We are now joined by CEO of Thrive Fantasy, Adam Weinstein, is here joining us on the corner booth. Adam, how you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. No problem, man. So listen, uh, tell us a little bit about Thrive Fantasy, because I love the app. It looks amazing. I downloaded a couple days ago. I was going to do a contest, and then I forgot to press submit, and I'm really kicking myself about it, so I'm looking forward to next week. But tell us a little bit about it, what got everything started, like what is what is thrive fantasy sure, you probably would have won the contest so uh <laughs> we'll, we'll go another day but yeah essentially uh thrive fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports platform uh based around prop bets so instead of drafting your your normal lineup based on a salary cap we actually give uh the user a list of 20 prop <laughs> bets so for instance, lebron james over under 25 and a half points or tom brady over under 300 passing yards so we give you a list of 20 props from a certain sport 
uh, in which he picked 10 out of the 20. So really simple, really fun. We ask you only about the top tier athletes. So it's more of a pick up and play type of feel and people seem to really enjoy it. That's great. I, I, one of the things I always struggle with in, uh, you know, with DraftKings, or I feel like people also struggle with in FanDuel, is that, you know, you're, you're looking at guys who have never even, like, stepped on a field this season. You're looking for them to fit your last spot if you want to go after a Todd Gurley or a Melvin Gordon. So I, I do like that, how it's very, like, when I was scrolling down the list before, I didn't see any crazy out-of-this-world names. I saw Lamar Jackson. I saw Melvin Gordon. I saw Gus Edwards. Like, guys who I know have been putting up numbers this year who are, like, you know, round one, round two, round three guys in a regular fantasy draft. So that's good you guys set that up. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So the biggest pain point on traditional DFS sites is that about 2% of users account for winning over 90% of the money. And the main reason behind that is they do these algorithms and they pretty much cross-reference everybody's value in a given sport and see what they can do. And then they do like 100 lineups and they take flyers on the wide receiver four of the Vikings who ends up going off for 102 touchdowns. But the casual fan who's doing one or two lineups like you and I, we would never consider playing that player. So we really wanted to stay away from that person, that, that whole concept altogether, really ask you only about the guys that you engage with and that you know. That's I think that's the best, especially for a guy like me who I think I did the first week I had three fantasy teams plus I added two uh, DFS leagues and I got smoked on both of them. I don't know how Mark did this year in DraftKings or uh, FanDuel, but you know it's just it's it, I always feel like it's a crapshoot. Yeah, it's yeah, tough too because you start off hot and then you kind of get addicted to keep doing it. But I mean, like I said, this app does look great. Uh, how long have you guys been doing it? How long has it been around? Yeah, sure. So I actually, uh, prior to founding this company, I worked at the Yankees for three years. So I've been in the sports industry for quite some time now, but I left the Yankees in October of 2016. I founded Thrive in November of 2016, and it actually took about 16 months of tech uh, before we were comfortable rolling it out for production. And uh, we actually ended up releasing about a week before MLB uh, opening day. So just early April is uh, when we really got our start. Okay. That's that's great to hear. I mean, so when you like going, are you guys? So you guys talk about the MLB and you talk about LeBron James before. I mean, you mentioned one of your answers. So this right now, all me and Mark are seeing is a lot of football stuff. Are you guys going to do basketball, baseball, things like that going forward once the NFL season's over? Yeah, we have NBA every night. Uh, Lock was at seven o'clock tonight, so I don't know. Oh, uh, okay, that's why. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah, we got we got NBA running every, uh, nightly, so. Yeah, definitely come check us out for that. Right now we're doing uh, the three major sports, but uh, we are looking into uh, MMA, PGA, and then ultimately eSports a little later down the road. That might be interesting. So yeah. how would you take on like an MMA thing? So like let's say the jump, my boy John Jones is fighting on the 27th. How would you take on like that in a prop bet? Like what would be something you would like you would set up as? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So – I know the big guys do MMA right now, but I have never really dabbled in that um, sport. But according to my buddy, who's really big into MMA, DraftKings, you really have to go only for the fighters who have a chance at a knockout. Supposedly, like the knockout's worth like 100 or 200 points, and you have to go for those high-score, high-flying guys. On ours, we can actually really cater towards the fighter's fighting style. So if John Jones is a grappler, we can say over-under grapples or takedowns if someone's uh, a, a guy who, who does a lot of jabs we can do over under jabs so what's really nice about props is the options are limitless and uh it's it's just going to be a, a different type of concept and, and game flow altogether all right 
Um, yeah, that sounds, that sounds awesome. Uh, I definitely think you guys should dabble in the golf. It's always nice to – I mean, it definitely gets people to watch golf too when you have to put some bets on it. So I think prop bets for golf would definitely be uh, a benefit to you guys and the golf uh, industry itself. So Yeah, and, and with golf, what's really fascinating too is obviously when you're on FanDuel DraftKings, you're always rooting for your golfers in your lineup to do the best. But if we do over under Tiger Woods with pars and he has a birdie putt, you actually want him to miss it. So yeah. that sweat is completely different. That experience is quite drastically uh, different than what you'd see on the traditional site. So again, it's, it's just something that's more fun and more, more engaging for, for the casual guy. Yeah. So, we talked. So, of course, this app is a lot more possible in the United States because of you know how legalized gambling was. Well, sports gambling was legalized this year in the past year and a half. Like, what is your opinion on that as a guy who runs a site with prop bets and a lot of people from their app like me to literally play an over-under on a guy's stats instead of, like, having to, you know, go call up a bookie or something about that? And Like, that. like what is your opinion on this whole issue now? Because it, it clearly opened up a door for you guys going forward to kind of give people an alternate route from just doing the DFS, which was actually illegal in New York. I, I don't know if you remember, like, when I was in college, so, like, my friends had to register their – their uh, zip codes in Connecticut to do it because they were New York residents. Sure. Yeah. So what's really nice is prop bets for pretty much all intents and purposes is considered gambling. If you're doing single prop bets, what with our concept, it still is under the umbrella of daily fantasy because we give you a several prop bets and then also it's user versus user. But what's really nice is when we launched a month later, uh, sports betting became legal. Um, so now it's not as taboo. You even see on sports center, <laughs> five, six, seven times people talking about over under. So it just gave a nice light and, and show that, Hey, this is not really a dark space anymore. People, you can come out of the woodwork and say, Hey, I, I sports better. Hey, I want to put a hundred bucks on and over. So uh, it, it's just a nice feeling and uh, opportunity for us to, to really make this thing uh, more of a, uh, a public type of situation than just uh, having it as a daily fantasy sports situation. Yeah, I mean, you got Lee, you got Lee Corso on College Game Day. Even every pick he makes, he's like, and they cover. Like, so it's definitely changed the game completely. Every like you got uh, ESPN, like I said, there's specials on talking about betting and everything like that. So it definitely changed the game completely. Exactly. Like I even see on Fox Sports One, like they have like Uncle Sal and Clay Travis on this show now. That like they go live through Facebook now. Like you know, I feel like. <clears throat> with sports with sports betting and sports gambling, it was always kind of there, but the media couldn't really address it because it was illegal in everywhere except Washington, except for uh, Las Vegas. And I think a couple other, I don't even know what the other, the rules were, but <clears throat> I think now you're starting to see people are really kind of embracing, it, especially in the media, because everyone does it. Like I went to college with about 12 guys in my, in my circle who were throwing bets on over-unders every game. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And, it's it's now people are considering it to be an 150 billion dollar industry so that's just impossible to ignore right like everybody <laughs> now is like oh i'm so i'm such a positive advocate for it yeah because they want a piece of the pie but it, it's just something that we're really excited about like listen if this is america like every other country for the most part has legalized gambling like and legalized sports betting for us not to have it until now is pretty <laughs> absurd but at least we're, we're making steps in the right direction Exactly. Yeah, you guys are hopping in right at the right time as it's starting to kind of become its own. So, yeah. All right. And uh, last but not least, so <clears throat> I, like going forward with what's the, what you talked about, of course, the UFC and the golf and the, 
for th- going forward for Thrive, what is like a big like to our listeners out there? What's like a big pitch you want to give like our listeners about Thrive and like why they should go on every week like me and Mark do now, and all the guys at Belly Up are going to start doing as well once they hear this interview. Yeah, sure. So first and foremost, if you're winning on the big guys on DraftKings and FanDuel, congratulations. I don't really believe you, but if you are, by all by all powers, uh, congrats. But if you want something that's a little different that you've never seen before, and we don't have a thousand sharps or professionals on our site every day. So it is more of the casual fan and it is the guys who you can compete at a consistently high level on. We're not asking you to do hours of research in order to be successful. We're saying, hey, look at these 20 guys. Do you like their over? Do you like their under tonight? And uh, you get to pretty much um, make, make a lineup within 10 minutes and, and be at least competitive. It's kind of like my old, my coworker. He always says to me from my other job, he goes, everything's 50-50 in life. And, I mean, he's got a really bad point, but he's right. And these <laughs> these these bets, these, these this app kind of leads you more towards the fact that sometimes it's it's a line. Like, it's yes or no. Like, the fact that the – I thought I saw that Derrick Henry was 70 yards. I think that's that line set way too low after the last two weeks. But, uh, you know – I love it. It's, it's, it's great. It's simple for me. I could look at that and say, you know, I'm going to drop 20 bucks on this to see if Derrick Henry is going to go over 70 yards. Cause I think he will. I think I'm actually going to make that bet once we get off this, get off this interview, but I love it. Thrive sport, thrive fantasy, great sports app, download it. iTunes, Google play store. Adam, thank you for stopping by today. We really appreciate it. Uh, best of luck to you in the future. Yeah. Appreciate it. And just lastly, hit us up on on social we're really engaged on twitter uh at thrive fantasy one word tell us what you like tell us what you don't like we're not here to not make something for the people so we're literally always looking to optimize and, and change the product to make it the best we possibly can so please reach out and we do have a deposit bonus uh first deposit match up to ten dollars instantly so give us a try and, and if you hate it you guys can blame corner booth for uh, putting it up <laughs> exactly. well, that's, that's pretty much everyone's excuse anyway so there you go There we go. Adam, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it, guys. See ya. It's time for the report card. (laughs) All right. So, first off, Marcus Peters, Oakland's own, going into the stands. If you haven't seen it, it's on, I don't know if we put it up or Barstool or. It's all over. It's It's all over. over. Dude comes up, I guess some fan was talking crap, and he calls him a square-ass something I can't repeat because one, I'm white, and two, um, it's a racial slur. Uh, he, he literally, And then he starts screaming at him, and he's like, where are you from? Where are you from? And he's like in the stands. He literally walks up the – because the way the Coliseum is set up – like he, you can like you can walk up the stairs in, which is crazy, which is crazy. It's, it's such an old stadium. So like yeah. he's literally walking up the stairs. And he's barking at this dude, and you know what? I give Marcus Peters an A for entertainment, a D for intelligence because this dude just showed how much like he he that sums up the Rams right now yeah. because the, it was all fun and games and they were blowing teams out by thirty, but now that the defending champs walked in and took your lunch money. Like, oh, God, now I'm going to freak out on the sidelines and stuff. And Marcus Peters is being Marcus Peters. This is we, – we've seen this before when Marshawn Lynch last year had to pull him off when he was playing for the Chiefs. Like, it's stuff like that. Like, honestly, this is just – I'm not – I'm not surprised by this as much as other people were. I just thought it was hilarious. And I, I give Marcus Peters an A for entertainment and an, a D for intelligence. I give the fan – I give the fan a, an F because I hate when fans heckle players. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Like, you can go either way here because, I mean, 
he you're happy that he's finally like standing like because the players get all this crap all the time and the fan only yells it when he's like doesn't think he has a chance for the player to come up there and the player came up to him and all the fan did was like kind of pretty much shut up and say oh you're gonna get fined you're gonna get fined like marcus peter doesn't care if he's gonna get fined like he's gotten fined plenty of times like he's over that but i mean i give i'll give him a b because it is good to see that i mean the players i don't think should do it but it's well, nice like, for, like, the fans up, like, to understand sticking up for himself like that i do agree with that point yeah, but I'll just give him a B because I don't think he should have done it. But then again, it's Marcus Peters, and he's going to do whatever the hell he wants to do. Marcus Peters has clearly shown over his NFL career he does not give two shits about what Roger Goodell or the, his team thinks. So, yeah. All right, so, yeah, next up we've got the Browns. So, the Browns. We're talking about the Browns a lot. Well, when we're Cleveland-based, uh, Cleveland-based sports blog, but also Cleveland-area-based. But the second thing is, they were talking about this. The Browns still have a shot at the playoffs. So, barring... They make the playoffs just as an instant A, but let's just say the Browns miss out, and they're clearly up for agent's destination next year. And I would love to see them bring Greg Williams, the bounty hunter, in as a head coach. But get get what I did there. Um, I do get that. Um, what would you grade Cleveland season if they just miss out on the playoffs by a game? Like let's say Lamar Jackson keeps the ship rolling, and they end up making the playoffs. I gotta go. I'm gonna go with. B plus just because I'm they're playing well and like they're exciting, but they kind of feel like the 49ers of last year where it's like a lot of hype towards the end of the year. I mean, I guess they are, but like, the Niners, yeah, they were really bad. They're even worse. I get that, but it's just like I feel like they're gonna have it this end of the year where they're gonna be confident going into the next year. And I hope they, I don't want them to get Greg Williams, I don't think it's him that's the reason I think, why I, they're, I think it's Baker. And I, I hope they don't just stick with him because of how the season ended. I think they need to get a new guy in there, and they need to have a new culture. Um, then I could be wrong. Greg Williams should just be doing a great job. But it just pissed me off that they waited. They should have just never kept Hugh, and they might be a playoff team. You know what? I got to give this season an A minus. An A plus would be winning the Super Bowl and making the playoffs. But yeah. for a team that has won what three games in the entire tenure, Hugh Jackson was there. They hadn't won a game in almost two years before Baker Mayfield won them that game or before Baker Mayfield tied a game. To me, this is an A-minus season. This is the closest thing to an A you could get because not only do they find their franchise quarterback, not only do they find a good defense of just guys, they slowly been picking up pieces that teams didn't want. Then they go out and get out a go get probably one of the best defensive corner, one of the best young cornerbacks in the league. Whoever criticized getting Denzel Ward. But dude's falling yeah. out of his mind. Yeah, I was yes. like, oh, they should have gotten Bradley Chubb. Chubb's good, but he's only good because Von Miller's across the way from him. Because who are you gonna if you if you got if you have to block Von Miller or Bradley Chubb, I'm going to block Von Miller. I will take my chances with the rookie slipping up and doing something stupid. So, with that in mind, and then you also have this like lovable band of receivers, and you found another gem in Nick Chubb in the second round. I love this. I really love this. As the I love the Browns season. I love what they started, and they have a great core of guys. Getting getting Jarvis Landry. He is a culture dude. He was the heart of that Dolphins team last year. And you know what the best part about it is? He's a positive vibes kind of guy. He is what Odell Beckham could have been if he kept. He wasn't an idiot. Because he's the same kind of talent set as Odell. Odell's a little more explosive. But Jarvis makes the one-hand catches, the crazy route running, 
So he, he's not as he, I mean, he's fast, but he's not as fast as Odell is. And he's got kind of that wild personality. But Jarvis Landry is a culture guy. He's a winner. Jarvis Landry is a winner who played for a bad team last year, and you're seeing that. Baker Mayfield is a winner. Nick Chubb is a winner. Denzel Chubb, Denzel, Denzel Ward, winner. Julie Jabril Peppers, who everyone criticized last year, came and made the clutch play on Saturday night. He's a winner. He played a good program in Michigan. That is a good team. Uh, Jamie Collins came from the, the Belichick organization. Like, you really, I can keep going down the pipe here. Yeah, I was. Gonna, I mean, yeah, the, there's a bunch of talent there, and it's interesting to see what's and, gonna. And it makes sense. It's a, I would love that roster in Madden. I mean, if you slapped another <laughs> team, um, slapped another team's logo on it, it'd still be great. Exactly. So you know, I give it an A minus. All right, the Rams struggles. That is the next topic today. So now the St. Louis, the St. Well, St. the uh, Los Angeles Rams lost two straight to the Chicago Bears and the Philadelphia Eagles, two possible playoff teams. God willing. Um. And it's been the same way. Now, here, and the Lions did this too, but the Lions couldn't finish finish them off. And they're talking about this. Chris Collinsworth, you know, I can't believe this is the second time in this podcast I've actually said Chris Collinsworth was right. God, what is happening to me? But what the Eagles, the Bears, and the Lions have all done to the Rams is they drop everyone into a cover five across the top. They give the Rams the check down. They take away the big plays. And a Rams team that is so used to relying on like chucking deep balls to Woods and to Woods and Cooks and getting those long runs from Gurley, none of that's happening. Well, Gurley's still running the football, but if a team has a good run defense, he becomes he still he still runs off two touchdowns. But the the only reason the Rams got that last score from Gurley is because those penalties on that last drive, which drove me insane. But if you want to throw hypotheticals out, just throw all that out. The other thing is the depth's killing them. This team of superstars with so much pay on their payroll, who are their backups? A bunch of no-names, rookies, on their offensive line especially. So if one of their guys goes down, they're screwed. Yes. It's not like Philadelphia where we had Chance Warmack last year who literally would just – or or Wisniewski or Somwalu who would have like a rotating belt of guys or – Luatelli Vitae, who like somehow, and I pronounced that right somehow. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know that. <laughs> so they had like a rotating belt of backups that could get thrown in when Peters went down temporarily, or or Lane Johnson, or Kelsey for a play, or Brandon Brooks. It didn't matter. They could keep putting guys in there at good depth. Same thing on the defensive line. Both the defense line line the way to win in the NFL, and nobody's going to admit this because it's, oh, it's quarterback league. Yes, the quarterback's important, but the two most important positions are offensive defensive line. The Eagles proved that last year. The Patriots had a dominant offensive line the year before. I can keep going down the pipe. It's not rocket science. The the the, the most dominant defensive line in football three years ago was the, was the uh, Denver Broncos. You want to go back one more year, you got the Patriots again, and then you have the Seahawks who are the best defense known to mankind. Great pass rush. So I could keep it's defensive, it's rushing the passer, good blocking for your quarterback, and a competent guy behind center who's above average, if not great. That's how you win the NFL. And you, and you know what? It kind of helps to have a good running back because this year clearly is the this is the year of the resurrection of the running back, Mark. Yeah. We saw it last week. No, I think it was no 300-yard passer last week. 
at least in the early games, I don't know what last night or today or tonight is doing, but we had six guys rush for a hundred yards. Oh, by the way, five of them were on my various fantasy teams. I just had a great week. <laughs> I have Joe Mixon. I have Dalvin Cook. I have Marlon Mack. I have um, what's his face? I can't even think right now. Who cares? But you, you get the point. Um, yeah. So this, I, I, the Rams are falling apart because the, they, we, they figure out the kryptonite. And it's not just because the Eagles are green. It's because they actually knew what the hell they were doing. <laughs> and it, 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 the, the shout out to Matt Patricia for showing the rest of the NFL how to beat the how to beat the Rams, because, because I guarantee, the Bears. I saw it. They're like, oh, okay, we got this. And then Dougie P and Jim Sh- and our mad scientist, Jim Schwartz. By the way, that dude deserves a medal for valor for this season. He's literally used duct tape and safety pins to keep the defense together with Malcolm Jenkins and Cox and has actually done okay. Like, that Cowboys game was insane. They yeah. hung in the entire way. And if it wasn't for a tip, that game's going a different way. And then they look what they did last night. Jim Schwartz is a genius, and Doug Peterson is crazy so i love it all right next up wait, wait, wait what'd you grade it oh i grade the Rams struggles as in like i grade the rams right now the last three weeks to give them a d i mean they at least put up a fight in both games it wasn't like they were blowouts yeah but they are now beatable which they weren't yeah. weeks ago and that's the um, uh, i'm gonna give them a quick stage just because i mean they're obviously they're a really good team still they're just they need to i mean McVeigh's needs to make an adjustment because they're taking away their every, everybody's taking away their deep ball and putting pressure on golf. And this dink and dunks is not going to do it for him, so I'll give him a C. Exactly. All right, and the two more, and then we're going to go to the last call quick, and then we'll get our butts out of here. Um, Joe uh, Joger, the head coach for the uh, I can't remember, I can't remember figure what's this guy's first Sacramento name? Sacramento Kings. Yeah, Sacramento Kings head coach. So he's got a decent team up there. A lot of young talent. Like very reminds me a lot of the Timberwolves like four years ago when like Wiggins and Towns were just getting everything, everything started. He's got Marvin Bagley and De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox is a baller. I love him. But this dude was quoted as saying that they are the next Katie and Russell Westbrook. I almost pissed my pants when I saw that. I was like, Are you kidding me? What? Listen, I De'Aaron Fox I get. I get he's a baller scorer. He's, like, insane. Like, De'Aaron Fox, unfortunately, has to play for Sacramento. But, like, this dude's going to be a great NBA player. Bagley's eh. He's good, but he's an energy guy. He's not, like, I haven't seen anything to prove he's Kevin Durant. Like, you're talking about two of the top five best players in the NBA right now. I I, I give this a, I give this a D because it's just setting everyone up to, like, r- go back to this. I love De'Aaron Fox, but Masol and Bagley, and this is just stupid. I give it a D. Yeah, I mean, I get the Russell Westbrook, De'Aaron Fox comparison because he's so explosive, he's so quick, and he's just he plays kind of like Russell Westbrook. But to compare Marvin Bagley to Kevin Durant is just the one of the worst. Where, where's Stephen A. Smith? Asinine, stupid. Oh my like, gosh. Oh my god, it's so dumb. Like I am like so upset. And you want to talk about upset? We have. Uh, I give this a D. And Mark, what's your greatest say? You said. Uh, I'm going to D as well, but I'll give it a C just because I agree with the De'Aaron Fox thing, but Marvin uh, Bagley and KD is terrible. And then we have our last. This one's going to get me all fired up. The Los Angeles Dodgers have rumored to have a possible contract, agree, possible agreement with Bryce Harper. Nothing's been confirmed, but it's a rumor that's been going around. 
for the love of all things holy. I hope Chavez Ravine gets burnt to the ground. I hate the LA Dodgers more than any other team in sports. More than the Dallas Cowboys, more than the Florida State Seminoles, more than the Duke Blue Devils, more than well, yeah, it's about it actually, about the teams I hate. <laughs> more the Patriots and Giants. Um I can't really hate the Redskins. They're like everyone's favorite weird cousin. Um I um Oh, God, I hate the Dodgers so much. There, everything is wrong with baseball. I hate that like John Magic Johnson came in there, literally just like turned them into a money spending machine. They, as a as an NL West fan, I hate it. And if Bryce Harper goes there, he will be my least favorite player of all time. And it's it, it's so stupid. I this is these are the days I really wish the MLB had a fucking salary cap because this is insane. I hate that the Dodgers can dish out like 230 million in payroll a year. It's insane to me. Like I I hope the clubhouse implodes and they go like Owens 162 because I hate this. The Dodgers I despise them. I want them to burn to the ground as an organization and start over for another 10 years. Like that's why like I loved when they had that crazy owner because you know why? They were irrelevant. It was the Diamondbacks and the Gi- Giants every year. There was no other teams. The Dodgers were garbage. They were crap. And it ma- it's like this is like Mark it's like you hating the Braves or a Yankees fan hating the Red Sox, or vice versa. It is insane to me. I hate this. I hate that Machado might go to the Yankees. I love when they go to mid-large to mid-small market teams because it gives parity to the baseball. I hate when these giant teams have these loaded all-star game rosters. One, it makes the all-star game lame. Two, it makes me hate the big markets. When, honestly, I rooted so hard for the Yankees against the Red Sox, and I rooted so hard for the Red Sox against the Dodgers, because, I God, I hate those two markets. But, it's just it makes me so pissed off. I give this Bryce Harper an F, I super F, because I fucking hate it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna. I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't like it because I want them to go to the Phillies. Um, the odds are out right now, and the Phillies have it's Phillies, Dodgers, and Cardinals randomly slide in there um, for the odds right now of it coming out. Back Goldschmidt. Now everyone's like, oh. But um, and there's like people all over Twitter saying that the Cardinals are going to get them, which is which is out of nowhere. Either way, I don't really. If he goes to the Dodgers, they're not going to win. The Dodgers are like – they try to be like the Yankees so much. And since the 1988, which is the last time they won, they're not – Always my favorite thing to bring up. We have a more recent World Series than they do. <laughs> it's just like it cracks me up. Like they pay all this money to all these guys, and I just don't think – I mean, I guess Bryce Harper is a hell of an upgrade from uh, Jason Hayward and Yasiel Puig. But still, I just don't – I think he's going to – if he goes there, it's just going to be – he's going to pay all this money, and it's just not going to – I also think Bryce Harper isn't even the top five best. He's the maybe five. I just think he needs to adjust his swing. I mean, I guess he's just going to stick with power, but I don't know. Either way, but the, you, you should see. Of, he's got a lot of raw talent, but that's like that's about but it. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a, a C just because I'm feeling average. Tonight, I guess because dude, I, I know every grade is like a C for you. I'm like, I'm so disappointed in you. You <laughs> lose. You lose the report card, Mister Riley. I guess you I find do. a way to lose again. It's just funny because I'm literally looking at Twitter right now, and everything I see is people saying Bryce Harper is going to the Cardinals for ten years, three hundred million dollars. That might be the new one. I haven't seen this for like. No, but ten years, ten years, three hundred million dollars is not what he's asking for. That's actually not even enough. Which is why I hate baseball right now. I hate that these guys are getting paid. Three hundred million dollars over ten years is he could get like 
I think he he's gonna get like that in five years. I want I want Scott Boris to go hide in a hole somewhere and go away. He's he ruined he ruined the game of baseball. All right, so we're going to the last call today, and this one's gonna be quick. Eagles fans, fans of the NFL. By Eagles fans, I mean logical Eagles fans, because the logical Eagles fans like me, and Mr. Riley over here, actually understand what's going on with the quarterback situation in Philadelphia. So first of all. This Nick Foles is going to be the starter next year. Shut the fuck up. First off, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. Nick Foles beat the Rams last night. Nick Foles may lead us to the playoffs again. God willing, Nick Foles could get us to the Super Bowl again. I don't know. This NFL season has made no sense. It's If the Joker from Batman was an NFL season, it's this one. Trying to go inside this brain is insane. I'm trying... Wow, uh, Cypress Hill reference. Um, I literally can't figure out the NFL season for the beginning, for the life of me. I'm starting to get the picks now because it's like week 10, I think, when Mark joined. And But before that, my record was god-awful because it, it makes no sense. The Colts were trashed 10 weeks ago, and now they just shut out the Cowboys. The Cowboys were trashed 10 weeks ago, and up, up until last week, they were one of the better, the more hot teams in football. The, the Texans start off 0-3 and they've ripped off like 10 of their last they ripped, what is it like 10 of their last 11 or whatever it's insane to me so Carson Wentz is the future of the Philadelphia Eagles they're in a win-win situation because Carson clearly should not have come back week, week 3 but they needed him the Eagles looked anemic they got beaten by the Buccaneers but that was all the Fitzmagic hype because the next, the next game they fell apart to our typical luck. Um, Foles is at best a B plus quarterback. You can clearly win a Super Bowl with a B plus quarterback. Multiple teams have done it. Carson Wentz at his best is an A plus quarterback. At his best. We've only seen it for one season. So he may only be an A minus for a career quarterback or a B or a very high B. We don't know. I hate saying that, but we don't know yet. But Carson Wentz, when he is on his game, he's not favoring his knee. He's not staring down Zach Ertz for 100 targets. But Carson Wentz, when he heals up from this back injury, which Doug Peterson has not put him on IR. Interesting. Because uh, Eagles make the playoffs. They, let's say they went out and they're playing round one. Let's say they play in Dallas or in Seattle. Um, and Carson Wentz is 100% or close to it. You're going to tell me that number 11 is not going to jog on the field in the green jersey? By the way, Eagles, uh, all you... Uh, Eagles should trade Wentz, idiots. Eagles have already said they're not resigning Foles. He's going to be a free agent. Homeboy's going to rack in, rack in 20 mil next year as a quarterback because of some idiot organization. Um, <laughs> oh my God, Mark, why are you texting me? You suck. Um, oh, you can hear my the vibration on my phone. But yeah, anyway, shut up with this. Foles is going to be a free agent. I, I, I could see him going to some team like uh, Jacksonville, oh, I would love to see Foles in the ja- for the Jaguars, or like name another team that has a horrible. Oh, Cincinnati, because Andy Dalton's garbage. Uh, keep going on the keep going on the pile of teams with no quarterback. But anyway, yeah. So that's it. Carson Wentz's future. Nick Foles is just a flash pan thing right now. The fact that we won last night, it was kind of like a Super Bowl hype. I want to see what the dude against the Texans, but let's just shut up. Yeah, I agree. I think if he does it against the Texans, then I mean, I don't. Do you think? I mean, I still think there's a chance that he doesn't take big time money and just stays as a backup. I really do. I he might retire. We don't know. 
Why retire if he's just going to get, if they don't pay him to be a backup? Well, he, you know what? I don't know. Like, we all think that, oh, they're just going to take the money every year. But I don't know. That's that's about it for today. But first of all, shout out to Thrive Fantasy for coming on today. You guys are great. Talk, we talked a little uh, DFS at, about their new app. Check it out. It's on iTunes and uh, the Google Play Store. I have put it, I've tried to put in a couple bets. I just can't pull the trigger on them because I'm a cheapskate. But it's a great app. Check it out. We love it. Mark, anything to add? Uh, just uh, be ready for more interviews like that. I mean, we got some people reaching out to us, new things to come. Podcast is growing, belly up's growing. And so stay tuned and just keep following. Oh, yeah. By the way, quick announcement once the NFL season is over, don't worry, guys. We'll still be here. We're still the best. We're still the top. We're still the top dogs. We'll be around. We're going to switch to a two twice a week format. We'll probably do either Monday, Wednesday or Monday, Friday or something like that. Or maybe Sunday for Thursday for recording. And it'll be Monday, Thursday. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out. Options. And we'll, me and Mark will, we and Mark will switch up the columns. So like we'll do the corner booth. Like we'll pick games, but then we'll also like have our own little opinion sections. So like how I have last call me and Mark will do, we'll, we'll maybe call it like specialty drinks or something like that. Or the Riley special and the, and, and the Clem main appetizer. We'll, we'll figure out something but trust things me things are coming going, things are coming yeah things are coming more interviews to replace the fact we can't argue about our six pack of games by the way in april actually you know in the first week of may when is the nfl draft first week of may april end of april end of april 26 i believe so uh the last week the, the second third, third week of april get ready me and mark with possibly a few special guests will be doing our draft special It'll be a two uh, hour, probably hour and a half show. Knowing me and Mark, because we're both draft nerds, but it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be a, a blast. We're gonna do a first round mock drafts. We'll, we'll that'll be our pick section. By the way, that week is we'll great. <laughs> we'll see how off we were. It's gonna be terrible, but we're gonna see how many guys we didn't miss on. Maybe we'll we'll come up with some convolute system, but that's about it for yeah, us. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yep. Uh, it's a bit, it's a, it's a long podcast. I know we're gonna catch heat for this one, but you know we had a fun show today with Thrive coming on. Me and Mark arguing about the six pack and how mo- some Eagles fans and every other NFL fan not wearing Eagles green are idiots. Um, that's it for me. Adios. Have a good week, and we probably will not be on next week. So have happy holidays, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Festivus. I know Hanukkah's over, but still happy Hanukkah. You know, everything. All right. Happy holidays from us here at Belly of Sports, the corner booth, your favorite podcast. And we will talk to y'all the week after Christmas. This episode of The Corner Booth has been brought to you by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Follow your host on Twitter at Belly Up Jared and at Mark Riley.